I'll tell you what, I love the sound of kids in the house of God. And man, didn't John and Monica do a great job leading us in generosity and giving today? I don't know if you caught that. Jonathan actually said kids, plural. He only has one Bella now. I believe like God was speaking through him about future kids. We believe in having kids and growing the church. Hallelujah. Good to have you guys today. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here on the team. And uh, our heartbeat as a church is simple. We're, our, our heartbeat's all about helping people get closer to and become more like Jesus. Can you say that with me today? Helping people get closer to, and well, just wait, not, so everyone, not, not everyone's doing it. I'm just like up here naked by myself saying it. Got to say it with me. Come on, everyone together. Helping people get closer to and become more like Jesus. That's what we are all about. And uh, we've got a big announcement today. Uh, I am thrilled, honored, privileged, excited to share with you guys today that the first Sunday of October, we are actually going to be ordaining eight new pastors at Experience Church, which is super exciting. And why are we doing this? We're doing this because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that my job, the, the pastor's job, is to develop and to equip people for the work of the ministry. And so it's not my job to do it all. It's my job to equip and raise up and believe in and cast vision for and nourish and, and come alongside other people. And I believe that what God wants to do in and through our church is so big and so massive, there's no way a man and I can lead all those people. And so what we've got to do is we've got to develop people and grow people and believe in people. And so we've taken these eight people through 15 weeks of rigorous, intense, passionate training. It's been tough. It's been good, though. And uh, they've come out alive on the other side. And so we're going to be celebrating them. Here in our Treasure Island location, we're going to have Krista and Kaylin Kramer as our location pastors. It's going to be fantastic. They've been leading really in this role for, for quite some time now, just doing an exceptional job. And then we also have uh, Kim and Joy Saking right over here, going to be leading us. Joy will be our worship pastor, overseeing both locations, as well as Kim leading our creative, our creative side of things as our creative pastor. And then up in our Green Valley location, we have Austin and Mercy Largusa. They're going to be our youth pastors and really developing youth in both locations. And then we also have Josh and Teresa Hill, our Green Valley location pastors. And so we're going to be ordaining them and laying hands on them and praying for them the first Sunday of October, which is going to be awesome. And I'm just thrilled and excited to be a part of that. And the treat that you get today is you actually get to hear from our soon-to-be Green Valley location pastors, Josh and Teresa Hill. Would you just get on your feet, give them a warm experience, welcome as they come to bring the Word of God today. Awesome. Awesome. That's a warm Thank you. welcome. Yeah, that's super warm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys so much. We're so excited to be here today and to continue this message that we have in this Me Too series. Um, Teresa and I had the honor and privilege last semester um, in Green Valley to teach our Financial Peace University class. And um, just teaching that class, we had a chance to see uh, just all these individuals come and, and see what God really wants to do financially for them and help them understand principles, not only just with regular finance, but biblical principles on, on how to do financing stuff. So Mark's asked us to do this message, and we're super excited. Yeah, we are. And so we just want you guys to leave today knowing a couple things. We're going to lay those out for you just right here at the front. Um, first of all, we want you to know that you're not alone, that if yeah. you've had any financial stress or worry or 
at some point in your life that, you know, you're not alone. A lot of people have and people still are. And so that's actually why, why we're here today. And, and the second thing we want you to know is what Jesus says about money, what his views are, what he teaches and why he teaches it. Because, you know, he put money in the Bible for a reason. He probably knew that someday we'd all be facing these financial stresses and worries in, in life. And so he put it there to show us what the Bible says about, about money. Yeah, and finally, just a biblical plan on, on what that looks like. Uh, we want to be able to help you. We don't want anybody to walk away today with, with fear and worry about financial things. We want to leave with hope. That's our, that's our main goal today, to, to leave you with a piece of hope on what that looks like and what God wants to do for you. Uh, we're going to be reading today from Matthew 6, 19 through 24. It's a pretty nice chunk of verse, but we're going to walk through it, so don't worry. Um, it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will fill, be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the, the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity today. We thank you for the chance that you've given us to just look at your word and see what it says about money, God. We pray that you would just help us break off these things that, that were holding us back and that we would put our trust in you and fully lean on what you want to do in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So before we get into this message, I want to ask you a question today. Who was the richest person that you knew growing up? Who did you want to be like when you were a kid? I wanted to be like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he's a real American hero. <laughs> <laughs> and he had everything, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be, I kind of, I'll admit it, I had this tendency to binge watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And so I wanted to be like anybody on that show. They had the pools and the cars and the cool houses and chefs and yeah. pretty much everything you can imagine. And so early on in middle school, I decided, well, I'm going to be on that show. And so <laughs> on my way to school, in middle school, my brother would take me to a bagel shop. And I would go in and I'd get 10 bagels for $5 or 50 cents a piece. And then I would go to my middle school and sell them for a dollar. <laughs> and so I, would, I was a young entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> An entrepreneur. And I'd make $5 a day selling bagels. Uh, <laughs> however, I very quickly realized that this probably was not going to get me on this show. I realized I've got a problem because my expectations are up here, but my money's kind of down here. And I think a lot of times that happens to us where we have these really high expectations about what our future in, in accord with money is going to look like. Yeah. And it kind of creates a problem when that, that future doesn't meet the expectations we have, when the reality isn't quite there. And it's discouraging, <laughs> no matter what age you are or where you're at with your finances, when your money's not where you thought it was going to be. It's extremely discouraging. And, and this doesn't have to look like, you know, I want to be on Lifestyles and the Rich and Famous. This can look like something a lot more familiar, like I want to buy a house, or I've got credit card debt that that I just can't handle or student debt that, you know, yeah. is piling up or maybe life just happened and all of a sudden you lost your job 
or had something medical happen and, and here you are stuck now in this situation where your money problems kind of snuck up on you. And I think as humans, you know, we have these high expectations of what we want our money to look like, but it's kind of a problem when that money is not where we want it to be. Yeah, so good. Um, let's go back to that Matthew 6 verse. Um, just a little background on, on, this, on this chunk of verse. It, it's where Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount. Um, up until this point, he'd kind of done little sermons here and there and, and leading up to his ministry. Um, but now he'd come to this place where after all these teachings that he did, people would start to follow him and he gets to the Sermon on the Mount and he looks around and there's thousands of people. So um, just following that, um, he, and he chooses this venue, this, this chance that he has to, to speak to these thousands of people to talk about finances and money. Um, in verse 19 through 20, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. So right there, the Bible's saying that money is temporary. Everyone say it with me. Money is temporary. If you have your notes today, you can, you can fill that in. Uh, but just saying that out loud feels kind of good, right? Just thinking about money being temporary. Like it's, it's not eternal. It's not something that we can take with us. I'm not going to heaven with my debit card. It's not going to do me any good anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so I think we have to ask ourselves the question, are we living like our money's going to last forever or are we living like it's only temporary? And, yeah. you know, I know Josh and I, we've had to ask ourselves this question a lot of times, whether we're making big financial decisions or, or, or small ones. And, you know, we have to kind of check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, that kind of mentality. <laughs> and you might be asking, you know, well, what happens? What happens when you store your treasures on earth instead of heaven? And, and actually, the Bible here illustrates a really amazing picture of, of what can happen. Uh, Jesus chooses to use the words moss and rust. And so if you think about moths in nature, they're they're destructive. They come into your clothes, into your home, and they get into things and kind of destroy them. And the same thing goes for, for rust. If it gets on metal, it corrodes it, it breaks it down. And so here we have Jesus using these words to illustrate what can happen when we store our treasures here on earth. You know, when we, when we store them here on earth, they're in a fragile place. Yeah. They're really subject to corrosion and destruction and, and why would we want to put our treasures somewhere like that? Why would we want to put them where they're, they're in a fragile situation? And the, the truth is we, we wouldn't. We wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, Josh and I actually moved here a little over three years ago from Las Vegas. And, and one of the things that we continually saw in Las Vegas with friends and even family was that, you know, people have gambling addictions there. And it's a real thing. And so it's a different way of life. But it's, it's this feeling that they get like the next card that flips over or the next slot that's pulled that, that this is going to be it for me. I'm going to make it. This is going to be my break. I'm going to yeah. make it big. And this is what happens when you kind of store your treasures here on earth. You think that, that earthly things are going to provide that yeah. next big thing for you. But, but that's not the case. You know, when, whenever, whenever we, we store our treasures and we put our hope in money here on earth, it, it'll only let us down. And, you know, for us, it didn't have to look like something as extreme as a gambling addiction. It, it sounded a lot more like everyday things, like when we get more money, then our marriage is going to be easier. Yeah. Or when we get more money, well, then we'll be able to take more time off and spend time together as a family. Or when we get more money, then we can give more because yeah. we'll have more to give. And the Bible actually says something a little bit different. 
Jesus says that when you, when you get closer to God, when you get more of God, then you can have all these things. And he's describing this here in this verse. And so if we were to take some of those statements that a lot of us have probably said and put closer to God in there, it would sound a little bit different. So when we get closer to God, then we'll be able to have an easier marriage. Yeah. And when we get closer to God, then, you know, we'll be able to take more time off and spend time together as a family. And when we get closer to God, then, then we'll be able to actually give more. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And like we said, the, the Bible says that money's temporary. It's not going to last forever. And it's trying to do something that only God can do because God does last forever. And, and the plan that he has for you is forever. Yeah. And he wants these things for you to have and instead, we, we were putting this trust in money. Um, our, our finances would be a lot simpler if we, if we just did, we just followed what Jesus said. If we just looked at the Bible and just followed that plan because it's there. If we look back at that verse, it says, at the beginning, Jesus says, do not. So he's, he's clearly calling us out, warning us and letting us know that these, these things that we are putting our, our hope in, it's, it's not going to last. So if we keep reading through Matthew, it says in verse 20 and 21, your treasure, where your treasure is, so your heart will be also. Jesus didn't pick money as this topic where thousands of people are by accident. Mm-hmm. He could have hit a softball and, and just encourage people and, and like raise this following. But instead, Jesus challenged people and, and he called them to put their trust into something where their heart is. Yeah. Um, and that's where money is connected to our hearts. I mean, I grew up in the 90s. And there was a lot of people who had the wallet, chain, pants deal. Uh, and I don't know if that's still cool or not. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, right? Hipster. Maybe. Um, but if, if we're honest with ourselves and, and we look at around how we walk around most of the time, we're walking around with this, this chain from our wallet to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's making every decision that we have and, and weighing us down. And, or, you know, purse to chain to heart for the ladies. Uh, <laughs> But when, when those things are connected together, there's a straight link that we have there and, and this weight that we feel. And here at Experience Church, we, we talk about fi- finances and money because we, we care about your heart and, and we want you to see, see you set free from that. And Jesus talks about it. So if Jesus talks about it, it's probably good enough for us to talk about <laughs> on a Sunday. Um, but the Bible talks about our heart frequently because that's, that's the core of every decision that we're going to make. That's the core of every every thing that we do. We're, we're looking through the lens of our heart, whether it's distorted with money or we're looking at what God wants to do with our heart. Yeah. And when Teresa and I moved here uh, about three years ago, we led with our hearts and we, we saw that we wanted to do these certain things. Now, it wasn't with the right intention, but our heart was pulling us to have this house and to have these things. And, and we wanted this certain house and we had this idea of what our, what our house was going to look like. And we wanted this this where we could have a yard and a picket fence and I could mow the lawn on Sundays and we could fill it with furniture and all these things and, and TVs and, and things that we felt if someone looked at our life would make us look good. And that wasn't the way that it ended up. But when, so when we moved here, we, we got the house and we, we filled it with the furniture that we thought was going to make our lives better. And, and we did these things. And, you know, as a, as a new family with a, with a small child and a, a, a baby on the way, we, we realized we were in a place where we were more worried and, and more frustrated and, and more in fear of our finances and, and our, where our life was at than ever before because we had put all this hope and all this trust and, and all this, this weight on our money and how that was going to make us happier, and, and we just weren't. Yeah. 
And Jesus says that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I mean, spiritually speaking, if we think about where our hearts are, I mean, do we use money for God or do we use money as God? Is it this thing that we're using for eternal things or material things? Is, are we, are we um, doing what we're supposed to with the money that we're given? Um, you might ask, where should our money be going? I think biblically it shows that God is giving us this provision to take care of other people. He's giving us this, this money and, and blessing us with these things because he's looking at us to be good stewards and, and use that well. Um, then that includes in taking care of your family and, and paying your bills and doing these things. All these things are, are good because it's taking care of the ones that God's entrusted you with. Um, but it's, it's going a step further. It's, it's being that good steward and seeing your money as, as not this thing to make your life necessarily better, but using it as a tool to change someone else's. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think if you start to follow the path of, of where your, your heart is, you'll kind of see where your, your money is too. They, they're, they're one and the same. And so if we keep reading in that verse, verse 22 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So you can go ahead and write on your message notes that money has the ability to distort our vision. And if you think about the context and the time that this, this was written, there was no electricity. There was no flashlights, mag lights, spotlights, none of it. Instead, they had these little oil lamps, and literally whatever direction that oil lamp pointed, that's where you could see. And so this was good because it would keep you kind of your vision, it, it'd keep it focused, but also it'd keep you from running into things, which is a plus as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so like Josh said, when we start to view money as God, instead of you know, what we should be viewing it as, it, it starts to distort our vision. And even more than that, I think it starts to distort our relationship with God. Um, as, a, as a young mother, my vision has been distorted many times, but I think the biggest time is just in becoming a mom. I had this idea that, you know, we were going to have a perfect home like Josh talked about. And in that home, we would have a trampoline in the backyard for our kids and a playhouse. And of course, we'd only buy organic food because that's what's the best. <laughs> and very quickly, when I became a mom of two, I realized, you know, that, that money kind of had distorted my vision of what being a mom looked like because our house wasn't that big and it barely fit a barbecue, let alone a trampoline or a playhouse in the backyard. And Organic food is expensive, so, <laughs> so we weren't able to. And money started to kind of distort this vision of what I had, of what being a mom looked like in, in my eyes. And maybe you've, you've had that happen too. Maybe your vision's been distorted about your dream wedding or a school that you wanted to go to or if you're starting a new business, you thought it was going to be a little bit different than what it actually is or, or maybe even just getting a job. You know, you thought, well, when I get this job, all my, all my ducks will be in a row, but all of a sudden you very quickly realize that, that this is not what I thought it was going to be, that your vision's kind of distorted. And I think the hope in that is that, you know, we've, we've all had our vision distorted at one point or another because of money. And, and the actuality of it is it's discouraging. It's really hard to have this idea of what success and what your, your life's going to look like, and then money comes in and kind of takes that away from you. And you can't ignore those feelings. They're, they're definitely real, and they definitely they, they put a heaviness on you when this kind of stuff happens. And so the question we have to ask is, well, how do we, how do we stop money from distorting our vision? 
That's a great question. Uh, if you look back at verse 24, it says, um, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the bottom line here, that this thing that, that Jesus is drawing a connection to is, is saying that Jesus is not going to compete. No. Um, we, we have to look at, have to look at ourselves and the situation we're in and ask the question, is, is money our master? Is, uh, how do we know? What, what does that look like when we're letting money make the decisions for us? Mm-hmm. Is it causing stress and worry? Raise your hand if you've ever been stressed and worried about money. I'll put up two hands. <laughs> it's crazy. We, we live in this place where it's, it's ruling everything that we do, and, and it's causing problems not just in our wallets and not just in our bank accounts. It's causing problems in our relationships. Mm-hmm. It's causing problems in our marriages and, and the way that we do life together um, and the way that we do community. Uh, I mean, do you, are, we, are we sacrificing who we are and, and who God has called us to be for money in our, in our relationships? Or are we sacrificing that for everything that we do, even our faith? Mm-hmm. I mean, and all that for money. We cannot serve God and money. No. No, we can't. And so in order to start kind of addressing this and seeing are, are, we, are we doing this, you know, we had to take a look and say how tight of a grip does money actually have on our hearts. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, it says, A devout life does bring wealth, but it's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. Since yeah. we entered the world penniless and will leave it penniless, if we have bread on the table and shoes on our feet, that's enough. And so we have to be content. We have to be content with, with these things that God's given us. And we have to start trying to find happiness in God instead of ev- in everything yeah. but God. I kind of laugh because a few weeks back, Josh and I were driving through Sacramento. And we were shocked because literally within five minutes, we saw probably 20 storage rental spaces. And I'm not talking about just single spaces. These were like massive spaces that held hundreds of rows of rental spaces. And, and you know, we started thinking through through the fact that this is, this is a lot of stuff that people are just kind of storing away and, and putting here. And we started thinking of that, that saying, you know, that we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. And it's kind of true. We have a lot of junk. We have a lot of unnecessary. And, and, and in that, we have to see, are we being content? Are we being content with kind of amassing all of this stuff and all of these things? Or, or are we not content? And we think that more that we buy and the more that we get, the more content that we'll be. In that verse, it says, if we have food and clothing, we'll be content. And those are the essentials. Those are what, what God's going to provide. But as a society, I think we start asking for more than these essentials and, and demanding more than these essentials. And if we keep reading in that chapter, verse 9 and 10 says, Lust for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. Going down that path, some lose their footing in the faith completely and live to regret it bitterly ever after. And so we must see that God provides everything we need. And that, unfortunately, you won't be the exception to that rule. We weren't the exception to that rule. You won't be the exception to that rule. And really, if we, if we continually try to be the exception and, and to say, well, I need this stuff too, um, we're going to lose. And in that, we might lose more than just uh, our, 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 our money, but we might lose our faith and the relationship that we have with God. And we think... You know, we, we've talked through this, and, and we get it. Like, 
we get that being content, sometimes it feels like having, having money in the bank is where that security comes from and being content. Yeah. And as, as society, we do. We feel more comfortable when we have more room to live with, definitely. That's a real thing. Um, but really, only God can provide the security and the status that we're looking for. Yeah. And so, you know, we've, we've treasured our money. We've wanted to find our identity in clothes and houses and, and all that kind of stuff that wasn't God. And we've searched for this identity in all the wrong places. But really, Jesus was the only one that could ever give that to us and has given us this self-love that we didn't know was possible and a sense of worth and security that we didn't think we'd have. Yeah. And when we start to look for our status and money, it's only going to let us down. You know, someone's always going to have more than us. Someone's always going to have greater things. And, but when we, we shift our thinking and we start to find that all in God, um, it kind of changes. It changes our hearts. It changed our hearts. And we decided we were at this point, this breaking point, where we could keep living the way that we were living or we could make a plan. And so we did. We made a plan and we got our budget together. And, and you know, we... We want to encourage you guys with that today, that, that as a church, as a people, that we would make a plan together where we can see a healthy financial future rooted in God.